traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Hi, folks. This is Steve Moore. You're listening to More Money on 77 WABC Talk Radio. Very much appreciate your listening in today. We're going to talk a lot about what is going on with the economy, what is going on with the stock market, what is going on politically in Washington, because this is really the intersection of politics and the economy and finance. So, uh, so appreciate you all tuning in this afternoon. I've said it many times. It is a great, great privilege that I'm able to do this show from two o'clock to three o'clock every Saturday afternoon. And we have other affiliates around the country, but our anchor station is obviously the greatest talk radio station in America, 77 WABC radio. Uh, And so I am, I'm quite honored to do this and quite honored to have the Opportunity to talk to you about what is going on in America, and I have to start with the bad news. I believe, and this is the theme of this show, and I will be taking your questions and your comments uh, on the More Money Hotline uh, at the end of this hour. I want to hear from people who agree and disagree with me. This is Freedom of Speech Radio. We don't muzzle people. We allow people to speak out. I love to hear from people who disagree with me. I have strong opinion on the economy, and I love free market economics. I think it's is the, as my buddy Larry Kudlow would say, the best path to prosperity. But I want to hear from you all. And, and do you think right now the nation is going in the right direction? That's the question. You know, I was looking at the consumer confidence numbers that came out a week or two ago, and this was before the debacle of what's happened in Afghanistan, and there was a big drop in consumer confidence. And that's a pretty decent lead indicator of where Americans think the economy is headed. Uh, We saw some pretty bad retail sales numbers this week. Now, I do think the economy is still pretty fundamentally strong right at the moment, but I do worry about the future. And I, I do believe that America got a big, Uncle Sam has a big black eye right now a big black eye, and it was self-imposed. And it is obviously mostly a result of the uh, catastrophe that is happening in Afghanistan right now. And I think we all as Americans look on and with sadness, with sadness that the great American economic and military superpower looks so weak and feckless right now. And I am old enough I don't know how many of you all are out there old enough to remember 1975 when the uh, evacuation of Saigon and the pictures of people hanging onto the helicopters as they tried to escape the the, uh, incoming communists there. But this whole last week and a half really reminds me of that. And that was not a great period for America. 
And I'm, I'm not gonna I, look. I am not a foreign policy expert. I am not a military expert. I will simply say this: as someone who was privileged to work for Ronald Reagan, uh, Reagan said it very well that weakness, weakness is provocative. Weakness is provocative. When America looks weak, we are in danger. I I am not just worried about what's happening in Kabul right now, and I am worried about that. But I'm also worried about does this make us more vulnerable to terrorism? You all living in New York have been obviously the major victims of terrorism in the last 20 years. We don't want to see that again. We want to we want to destroy the terrorists. And yet I, th- I worry that this weakness by America uh, only emboldens the terrorists who want to destroy our country. So we will see about that. But I also want to talk about the economy. And look, businesses are having a very, very difficult time right now getting workers back to work. And that's especially true in the red states, I mean, in the blue states of America, like New York, like Connecticut, like New Jersey, like Rhode Island, Hawaii, Louisiana, uh, states like uh, my home state of Illinois, California. Incidentally, folks, I just got back from California. I spent a week there, uh, well, six days, actually. And California is an incredible state. I was in Southern California. I went to Laguna Beach, which is one of the most gorgeous places on earth. And the views of the ocean and the cliffs and the the incredible colors of the flowers, yellows and greens and pinks and oranges, it's reds. It's it's just amazing uh, place. And and uh, and then I went to Los Angeles and spent a day or two there. And then I went to, uh, you know, some other areas just east of Los Angeles. And, and, uh, and then um, I saw a state that's being ruined. I saw a state with homeless people everywhere. I saw a state that still is largely closed down in a lot of ways. I saw people unhappy with the way their state is being governed. I think it would be such a blessing if the California voters ousted their governor in this recall and brought Gavin Newsom, get rid of Gavin Newsom and bring somebody in like a Larry Elder who knows what they're doing, who knows how the free enterprise system works, because I think we've gotten away from the free enterprise system. Now, back to the job situation. Seven states, the numbers just came out on Thursday, seven states have unemployment rates in the United States over 7% today. And guess what? Every single one of them is run by a Democrat, and every single one of those states still has high unemployment Benefits. They still are providing the extra $300 a week. And many of you have heard me talk about this before. Casey Mulligan and I have done the analysis. The average um, New Yorker or a person in Connecticut, New Jersey, that's get, if you got a couple with two parents unemployed, getting the child credits, getting the uh, food stamps, getting the free health care, getting the rental assistance, all of these benefits that the state of New York and the federal government is paying out, a, a couple in New York with two unemployed parents and two kids can receive as much as $100,000 a year in benefits and not work a single hour. That's crazy, right? That's crazy. Why are we paying people to stay unemployed? So it's not surprising that these blue states have high unemployment. Now, what really bothers me is that Joe Biden announced that he wants to extend these unemployment benefits for many more months, for many more months. We're never going to get people back on the job. I mean, this is so lunatic. We have to get people 
Back on the job, by the way, it's not just good for the businesses. It's not just good for the economy, which obviously it is, but it's good for the people who are not working. The worst thing you can do is sitting sitting around all day, watching Netflix, watching TV, doing nothing. Every American wants to be productive. There is dignity. There is dignity and economic advancement and work. Work is good for you. Work is good for the country, but it's good for you. We have people now for 18 months who have not been working. I have a big, big problem with that. So we've got that problem. Then we got the problem at the border. You're seeing it every day, what's happening with the border. We have a problem with this new uh, Delta variant of, of COVID. And hopefully this will go away. We're starting to see a peak in states like Florida and others. But it is scary to people. And I understand that. And I think people should get vaccinated. If you're over the age of 25, you should get vaccinated. I respect your opinion if you don't want to get vaccinated. But I think for your own personal health, it makes much more sense to get vaccinated than not to. Your chances of having an adverse reaction to the vaccine are 100 times greater than, uh, than you know, uh, your chance of, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I put it wrong. The chances of you getting sick from COVID are 100 times greater than having an adverse reaction from the vaccine. So get vaccinated. It makes sense to do. And that will allow us to open up. But right now, people are afraid about that. We see the crime in the cities. It's getting worse and worse and worse. I talked about Los Angeles. Los Angeles is unbelievable, the crime there. Uh, And you obviously are seeing it in New York. And then we're seeing this with respect to what I just talked about, the decline in consumer confidence. The, uh, the numbers are just not good right now, folks. America is headed in the wrong direction, and I think it's because we have lousy leadership in Washington. You know, there's an old saying that the fish rots from the head. And when you don't have great leadership, it really makes uh, the nation look weak, and it, 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 it doesn't inspire confidence in our workers and our businesses. I said last week, I talked to a major Fortune 500 CEO. In fact, he's one of the 25 largest, uh, most profitable companies in America. And he told me they're in transportation. They have 10,000 job openings, 10,000. Why are we paying people to stay unemployed with supplemental unemployment benefits when in the United States today we have 10 million job openings? I'll bet every one of you listening to this show, I bet every one of you knows someone who should be working, could be working, but isn't working because they're getting so much money from their rich Uncle Sam. So these are big problems with the economy. And finally, this massive debt that we have, ladies and gentlemen, I think it is a huge problem. I think we are going to become not America the beautiful, but America the bankrupt if we continue to spend money we don't have. I'll give you one statistic before the break. We're going to talk a lot about this for the rest of the hour. Every single child born today in the maternity ward, just, you know, you've got two parents. They're so proud of having this newborn infant. They're coddling him. They've got the balloons. They've got the whistles. They are, this is the most exciting day of their life. And yet we, uh, the, the IRS comes in and tells them that child owes $600,000 to their government over their lifetime to pay for the debts that we're ensuing right now. So I say hell no to this $3.5 trillion spending bill. All the money is going to Democratic special interest groups. It is not going to the people who needs it. And what we need right now is a return to financial sanity. And we need great leadership in Washington, which we do not have right now. Okay, I will be right back. You're listening to more money on 77 WABC Talk Radio. 
We're going to talk to John Fund and Andy Puster, two of the top economic and political minds of the country, and we're going to assess what's wrong and how do we fix things. So we'll be right back in one minute. This is Steve Moore. You're listening to More Money. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is Steve Moore. You're listening to More Money on 77 WBC Talk Radio. It's a great privilege to be with you every Saturday afternoon for this show from 2 to 3 p.m. And I want to do a shout out to my great friend, John Casamides, who is the owner of this radio station, which I've said many, many times is the single best talk radio station in the entire nation. We have reached all the way from up to Maine, all the way down to Georgia. It's incredible the number of listeners we have. So uh, thank you for listening in. By the way, I will be taking your calls uh, in about 20, 30 minutes. I want to hear from you all. My premise today, and I want your reaction to this, is that Uncle Sam has a big black eye right now. And this is self-imposed because of mistakes that are being made in Washington. I want to hear whether you agree or disagree with my analysis on this. But in the meantime, I want to introduce my two uh, superstar guests, um, Andy Puster, who I've known for years, has been an incredibly successful CEO uh, of a fast food company. He was nominated by Donald Trump to be the labor secretary. And my gosh, he would have been the greatest labor secretary ever if he had made it through that process. But of course, the left took him down because he too, knew way too much about business to, to uh, serve in Washington uh, and uh, is now um, a, a prolific author and writer on the economy. And then we have my great friend, John Fund, a colleague of mine at the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. You see him all the time on uh, TV, on everything from Newsmax to Fox News, and he is also a National Review editor. So gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. I want to start with your reaction to my premise, which is that uh, the United States, Uncle Sam, has a black eye. And this is because of mistakes that are being made in Washington. And not just one mistake, not just Afghanistan, but mistakes on the economy, mistakes on taxes, mistakes on labor policy. And Andy, there's nobody who knows more about labor policy than you do. So what say you? Well, you, and you didn't mention mistakes on the border. I mean, th- it's difficult to find a place where this administration hasn't made mistakes. You know, there was there's this uh, author everybody's familiar with named Marcel Proust who wrote about his life. And he wrote about this auntie had who never recognized how slutty one of these her nieces were. Uh, <laughs> and then she showed up one day with red lipstick at a table. I, I think this <laughs> thing is, is, is Joe Biden's red lipstick. Uh, it, yeah. it point, you know, the economy is uh, I mean, there are so many ways to comment on the disasters that we're seeing in the economy. But I would say the worst thing is we're trying to get rid of uh, roadblocks in the supply chain, which Jay Paul right. keeps complaining about. And while right. Joe, while Joe Biden decides he's going to discourage people from working, we're trying to get inflation under control while the Fed is printing money like it's newspaper and the Democrats want to spend mm-hmm. it like it's yesterday's newspaper. You're just right. throwing gasoline on an already accelerating economy. So it's it's, it's bad out there. I I couldn't agree more. And before I turn to John Fund, I wanted to get your thoughts on this study that was done. It's a bizarre study that got all sorts of attention, of course, in the New York Times, which was saying that the unemployment benefits have really had nothing to do with keeping people out of the workforce. Now, uh, Andy, you've been an employer of tens and tens of thousands of people. Um, And so you have been on the front line on this as an employer, somebody who signs the front end of these paychecks. 
do you can how in the world can they say that the unemployment benefits are not keep, keeping people out of the workforce? You know, only if they if they're not talking to anybody who's an employer yeah, of right, the entire right. United States. Go talk to the guy who, who you know, I don't know, who cuts your lawns or your neighbor's right. lawn or talk to the person at the drugstore or the grocery store. And everybody will tell you that that's exactly what's happening. This is this matter of fact, the 10 states with the lowest unemployment rates are all Republican states that have terminated right. those bonuses. The 10 states right. with the highest unemployment rates are all Democrat states that haven't terminated those bonuses. This, this isn't rocket science, people. This it is, is not. very simple and very straightforward. You know, it's almost like that old line from Groucho Marx, you're going to believe me or, or your own two eyes. You know, I mean, the evidence is <laughs> so right. overwhelming that the, that, that uh, people are being uh, kept out of the workforce. And by the way, this week, folks, I mentioned it earlier, I'll repeat it again. Uh, Joe Biden has increased food stamp benefits by 25 percent. So free food for people at a, at a higher rate. And he now wants to allow states to uh, to extend the unemployment benefits, the extra three hundred dollar a week unemployment benefits beyond uh, Labor Day, uh, and I, you know because he says, oh, so many states have high unemployment rates. Yeah, it's the states that are that the uh, that are that have had these high unemployment benefits in the states that shut down their economy. But John Fun, my question for you is this: You've been in politics a long, long time, uh, and you have seen, I think, every president since Richard Nixon. Have you ever seen a president that's had a worse two weeks than Joe Biden? Uh, we may live in the United States of America, Steve, but Joe Biden lives in the state of denial in Washington, D.C. <laughs> right, right. right. Um, you know, I used to think until this week that Biden was just wrong on public policy. Right. Um, I actually think it's sadder than that. When you watched him the last few days mumbling through statements telling either lies or completely disconnected from reality, Mm -hmm. distracted, mentally exhausted, completely unconvincing when he said every American is going to be brought home no matter what the cost. Right, right. Uh, When you see that, you just have to ask yourself, who's in charge? And it may not be Joe Biden. So who is, that's a good question. You know, I I was talking to my buddy Larry Kudlow and he was telling me about this, uh, I think it's a Rasmussen poll that, 51% 51% of Americans do not think that Joe Biden is in charge. So the question, John Fund, you know, you you talk to these people all the time uh, inside and around the White House. Who is in charge? You know, when COVID hit in early 2020, it was right in the middle of the Democratic primaries. No one expected that Joe Biden would be the nominee or much less president. But they were scared to death that Bernie Sanders was going to be the Democratic nominee. So Sanders and Biden met. And they cut a deal. And I think the deal they cut, it looks like, is Biden gets to be president, but Bernie Sanders and his crew and AOC get to call the policy tunes. And I think their representatives uh, in the Biden White House, especially uh, Susan Rice, um, they're the ones calling the shots. So, um, you know, I never would have thought I'd ever say this, but I think I'd almost feel more reassured with Bernie Sanders as president right now than Joe Biden. That's That's how discouraged I am by this man's performance. But I wanted to ask you, Andy, um, before we take our break, and we have to, we've got about a minute and a half left. So just a quick answer, and we can discuss this more after the break. What, how do you assess the current state of the economy? I mean, you know, you've got GDP numbers are good. Uh, you know, you see businesses reopening, um, employment, 10 million, you know, people, 10 million job openings, a million jobs created in the last report. And yet we have these problems. So 
Are you optimistic or pessimistic about the next six months? Well, I think right now the economy is as hot as it can get. I mean, it, it, your yeah. GDP is high. As you said right. 10 million job openings, 8.7 million people unemployed. We don't need more jobs. We need more people to fill those jobs. Right. Going forward, I think the big threat is inflation. Uh, yeah. I think inflation's here. I think it's coming on strong. And unless we have severe policy changes, uh, it, it's going to be an, uh, it's going to get ugly. We have to take a break, but I, I want, I, before we do, I want to get this to you, uh, Andy. Um, let, uh, you know, let's say you were talking to Joe Biden. <laughs> I know you talked to Donald Trump a lot, but I don't know how often you talked to Joe Biden. But let's say he asked you, he said, you know, as Not an employer, much. as an employer, uh, Andy, why don't you just raise your wages? That's what he's saying to telling businesses: just raise your raise your wages, and you won't have a problem getting your workers back. What would you say to that? Say wages nationally were up three point six percent and four percent the last two months. Those are extremely, yeah. extremely good numbers. I mean, uh-huh. so it's not a problem. It's not a problem of employers aren't willing to pay. It's a problem of people don't want to work. There was a work ethic right. change during the pandemic, and you can, you talk to anybody that's hiring people, and they'll tell you they're afraid the work ethic dramatically changed, mm. particularly for younger Americans uh, during the pandemic. And we need to get that. We need to get that work ethic back, or we're going to be in big trouble. So you think that, the uh, you know, I've been saying the longer people stay unemployed, the worse it is, not just for the country, but for themselves. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. It's very hard to get these to, to get people back to work after they've been living on the government largesse for 18 months. Yeah, that's Andy Puzder, who's one of the top uh, businessmen and, and men and, and economists in the country. And we also have John Fun. We'll be right back with the two of them. You're listening to More Money on 77 WBC Talk Radio. Human trafficking is modern-day slavery, and it happens in our own communities. Victims can be any gender, age, or race. Join the Department of Homeland Security's Blue Campaign to learn how to recognize and report this heinous crime. Visit our website at www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. That's www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. Your second look could be their second chance. The power of information 24-7. Download the all-new 77 WABC mobile app. A name you know who's in the know. Listen, I've been around since Lincoln. I knew everybody. The diva of dirty laundry. She's the queen of gossip. I don't like the word gossip because it's pejorative. It doesn't have to be nasty and biting. It should be chatty. It should be funny. Tomorrow from 1 to 2 p.m., Cindy Adams brings her talents to 77 WABC. How do you feel about that, Cindy? Why am I giving you information? You're supposed to give me something. The Cindy Adams Show. On 77 WABC. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to More Money. 77 WBC Talk Radio. I am uh, want to remind you that in, in about uh, 10 or 15 minutes, I'm going to be taking your calls because I love to hear from you all. And the topic that we want to talk about is that my premise is that Uncle Sam has a black eye and that we do not have leadership in Washington right now that is uh, 
leading America in the right direction, whether it's foreign policy, whether it's the economy, whether it's the labor market, whether, as, as my friend Andy Puster just mentioned, the border situation, it all seems to be out of control. And welcome back, gentlemen, uh, Andy Puster and John Fun. I'm just going to read this one paragraph for you both, and I'd like your comment uh, about the employment situation in America that we were talking about earlier. This is from the Wall Street Journal editorial today called Unemployment Benefits Forever, question mark. And it says they are implicitly, that is the left, is implicitly acknowledging that unemployment continues to run far higher in states run by Democrats. Unemployment nationwide fell to 5.4% in July, but it was above 7% in Nevada uh, at 7.7%. California, 7.6%. New Mexico, 7.6%. New York, 7.6%. Connecticut, 7.3%. New Jersey, 7.3%. My home state, Illinois, 7.1%. Andy, it sounds to me like you got out of California just in time. Yeah, just uh, just in time is right. I'm rooting for Larry Elder there, so maybe, uh, maybe at least go back and visit without feeling terrible. Look, the, uh, the unemployment rate is clearly being driven by the fact that people don't want to work. There are so many jobs available out there. You can talk to any employer, and you're going to find that employer will tell you they would love to hire people. Of the 60-some percent of employees, small businesses in the U.S., that tried to hire employees last month, according to the National Federation of Independent Businesses monthly survey, 89% couldn't find employees. This, this is, there is, you just, you can't build an economy, you can't repair right. supply chains, which is what they keep complaining about, if you don't have people working, if, if people don't make the goods, there's no people to deliver the goods, there's no people to sell the goods, even if you can get the goods. I mean, this is a, this is a dramatically bad situation for the economy going forward. So when, when Biden and his economists talk about the supply chain problems, they are uh, supply chain problems created by their own policies, it sounds like. So John Fun. You, were, you sent me a few days ago um, some analysis showing that consumer confidence has fallen, had fallen um, by its largest amount in like over 10 years. And what do you attribute that to? Uncertainty. Uh, people yeah. hoped that Biden would bring stability, fewer mean treats, tweets, uh, and, you know, mm-hmm. calm, rational leadership. Right, right. Uh, to Washington. Well, look, you know, welcome to what you've gotten. <laughs> and yeah. un- all of the, all that Biden is doing is creating more uncertainty and instability, not only in the markets, but people wondering, does he know what he's doing and what direction are we heading in? And as Andy listed, all of the signs show that even the good news, the strong economy is because of the federal sugar high from the Federal Reserve. That's right. not good news in the end. That's bad news. So my premise is, and I'd, I'd like to run this one by both of you, and I'll start with you, John. Um, and, and I was saying this during the campaign, during the election of 2020, which is we can't put Democrats in charge, whether it's Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders or Kamala Harris or whoever, you know, any of these 12 people they had on the stage, because Democrats are incompetent. They can't run anything. And we know that because we look at what's happening in Chicago. We look at what's happening in New York. We look what's happening in Los Angeles. I just got back from L.A. It's a tragedy what's happened to that great city. You look at what's happening in the states, the cities that they run. Uh, This is not just a matter, in my opinion, of bad ideology that we disagree with, but they simply are not competent to lead. 
Well, the media got a real wake-up call this week because they saw liberalism in action um, in Kabul, especially. Uh, these people could not organize a, a parade. Uh, right, it is right, just absolutely right. astonishing to see the chaos. It would be funny if it weren't so sad and so many people's lives were at stake. Andy, uh, we just did an analysis at the Committee on Unleashed Prosperity uh, that we looked at the 30 top um, Democratic leaders. Uh, so we looked at, you know, uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and, you know, uh, Susan Rice and the people in his cabinet and the people who are running the regulatory agencies. Then we looked at, you know, the leaders of the Congress, say Janet, I mean, uh, 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 Nancy Pelosi and uh, Chuck Schumer and so on. So the 30 top decision makers when it comes to the economy and the Democratic Party. And Andy, their combined number of years of business experience among all 30 of them is eight, eight years. So they, 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 are, they are university professors, they are community organizers, they're lifetime politicians or lawyers, but they have no business experience. I wonder if you think maybe that has something to do with this. Well, of course it does. I, and the, the eight years, would have, that would have been more than I would have guessed, given their performance. <laughs> right. That's for 30 people, Andy. 30 people, eight years of business experience. What Ronald Reagan used to say, something to the effect of, it's not that liberals don't have beliefs, it's, it's just that so much of what they believe just isn't true. And right. I think that, right. that's, that you've got these 30 people who, who, actually, who actually believe these these economic theories, these economic approaches, which have been proven time and time and time again, not to work, not to be the interest in the best interest of working class people, not in the best interest of people having satisfying lives and, be, and opportunity and being able to move forward. They honestly believe those programs work. And when they don't work, they honestly believe that the solution is more government. So yeah. big government programs don't work. But the problem is we need that's a stimulus, right? Obama's stimulus. Well, that didn't work. Well, it's because it wasn't big enough. So we're going to try this huge stimulus, and we're going to end up with uh, we're going to end up with the re with a, a a reaction that was huge compared to the negative reaction we had with Obama, which was just stagnation. We're going to end up with a lot worse worse than stagnation if we can't put an end to this. And these people, I just don't think they can see it coming. They didn't see it coming in Afghanistan. They didn't see what's happening at the border coming. They didn't see what was, you know, that the the incredible advances that, that the Trump administration made in the Middle East. They didn't realize that if they funded the Palestinians again and, and kissed up to right. to uh, the Iranians, that they would then attack Israel. and We'd be kind of back where we were before Trump took right. over. This is a it, it's really a disaster. I, I, I don't know how else to describe it. And I couldn't agree with you more. These 30 people have no idea what they're doing on the economy. And you see that more clearly every day. So if, See, um, there is one thing that they pay attention to, which is political extinction. And we have to go back and look at how we managed to stop Obama the first two years. And what really changed Washington and killed things like the carbon tax and killed and got rid of about a third of Obamacare, even though they right. were able to pass part of it, right. was the victory of Scott Brown in Massachusetts, which shocked the entire country. If right. Republicans win either the recall, by the way, so California, people know that that was that was the Massachusetts Senate race, which never nobody thought that a Republican could win a Senate race in Massachusetts, but Brown did win that race, and you're saying that changed the whole field. It, it, it changed Washington's perception of where the public was going and right. how right. mad they were. If the Republicans win either the California recall on September 14th or the Virginia right. governor's race on November 2nd. 
I will tell you, Biden's reconciliation $3.5 trillion social pork barrel is dead in the water. And so, that's yeah. what one thing they will pay attention to if the voters rise up and show that in those two states that Biden carried, they're mad. Well, you hear that, heard that, folks, and I've been. this has been a theme of more money for the last six months, is that we cannot be pacifists right now. We have to be activists. We have to shout it out that we are against uh, these policies. Uh, we have to take to the streets in a nonviolent way. The left believes in violence. We believe in peaceful uh, you, you, uh, use of our uh, of our First Amendment rights to free speech and right of assembly. But I, I couldn't agree more. This is a $6 trillion, Andy, redirection of money from the private sector, private workers and private businesses and, and private actors to government, basically. Government is now, as I see it, going to become like the, the United States government is going to be the, like the largest um, investor firm. I mean, the government is going to invest the money, not the private sector, people like you who ran businesses. I don't see the logic of that because these people don't know what they're doing. They don't. And, and, you know, I think people don't understand. I'm sure maybe your, your listeners do. But uh, most people don't understand that when the government spends that kind, you know, right now, businesses are competing with the government for employees. You're literally competing with the government trying to make it more economically feasible for people not to work than to work in your business. And if you want to go out and borrow money, you want to go out and build your business and grow, you're now going to be competing with the government who's out there trying to spend, out there not trying, but right. actually spend money. And, and that, that damages the private sector. And when you damage the private sector, you, you reduce opportunity, you reduce the, the dollars available to run the government right. because they're not going to be produced. You reduce the dollars available to help people because there aren't going to be as many dollars. I don't think people realize government spending hurts the private sector. It hurts economic growth. It takes money and power away from individuals. And that's, uh, you know, we've been, by putting money and power in the hands of individuals for the past 250 years, we've been the most prosperous nation in the history of the world. We need to continue that, not stop it, not cut back on it. Well, we just celebrated the 40-year anniversary of the Reagan tax cut. And as we talked about last week, that really was a seismic change in the direction, a paradigm shift in the direction of the American economy. And we have this economy for the last 40 years. There have been some fits and starts, but it has been a rocket ship. I mean, the Dow Jones was at 1,000 40 years ago. Today is at 35,000. I mean, we've seen these policies work, and yet the Democrats seem to be hell-bent on reversing these policies. I'd like to ask you to, if you wouldn't mind, staying over for one more section, because both of you are former Californians, and I want to ask you both about whether you think that uh, Larry Elder, <laughs> who is a, uh, by profession, a talk radio show host, may become the next governor of California, because I think John Fund is right. I think if that were to happen, it will be a sonic boom. So stay tuned because these guys have their finger on the pulse of what's happening in the Golden State. We will be right back. And yes, we will take your questions and your uh, calls. So call 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. Do you think the economy is headed in the right direction? Do you like the leadership in Washington? I want to hear from you and we will be right back. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Hi, folks. Welcome back. It's Steve Moore. This is More Money on WABC uh, Talk Radio. 
uh, the greatest talk radio station in the entire nation. We are taking your calls in about five minutes. We have, I'm told by our producers, we still have two lines open. So if you want your voice to be heard, uh, please call in. The question is, do you think America has a black eye? Uh, do you think that uh, the country is headed in the right direction right now? I do not think it is, and neither do my two guests. By the way, that number, one last time, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for holding over. Uh, quick question, then I will let you go. John Fund, I'll start with you. Uh, give us your assessment. You've been call, covering this for both the com Committee to Unleash Prosperity and also for National Review. You are from California. What are you predicting will happen in this incredible recall election? I think it's a 50% chance that Gavin Newsom will be recalled. Uh, California is a deep, deep blue state, but the most enthusiastic Gavin Newsom supporters would call themselves apathetic about his future. No one thinks he's done a good job as governor. And Larry Elder is lighting up, um, you know, the switchboards all over California whenever he appears uh -huh. on radio. Yep. And uh, how much of uh, Gavin Newsom problems are, in your opinion, John, because of the hypocrisy factor that he, he's violated all of his own rules? I think that was the brush fire that started the conflagration of the recall. Right. But the real problem is that California has one-third of the nation's welfare recipients. It is over half of the nation's homeless. Uh, yeah. it's the, the policies of liberalism have been tried in California, and they're turning California, my home state, into a trash dump. You know, John, I just got back from Los Angeles, uh, Southern California. I was there for a week on vacation and doing some business. And I cannot. what you said is so true. I mean, what's happened to Los Angeles, I mean, every single street corner you see encampments of homeless people. You see uh, drug needles on the beaches. Andy, you, you uh, lived in California for many years until you, I think you recently moved to Tennessee. What is your assessment of what's going on in California? Well, we, I moved five years ago from the Santa Barbara area, Montecito, up to, uh, up to Nashville. I was back in June to the Santa Barbara area, and I'll tell you what, even Santa Barbara has been devastated by the policies that these people have put in place, uh, mm -hmm. both Brown and Newsom, that, you know, I was such a beautiful little community, so vibrant, right. you'd You'd go down on State Street. It was beautiful. Now the stores are boarded up. There's mm -hmm. pods of homeless people every couple of blocks. It's mm -hmm. dirty. It, it's depressing. I couldn't even yeah. get friends to go eat on State Street because it was it's just not a nice place to be. Everybody wanted to go to Montecito. They didn't have any homeless people there. Right. You know, that's right. where Oprah, Oprah and Prince Harry and her royal right. majesty, Meghan Markle, reside. You know, and, it, and it, was a real, it was a real kind of microcosm of what happened in California, these progressive economic policies that have driven people and businesses out of the state that have overtaxed the wealthy and have really discouraged work and discouraged people from furthering their lives and taking advantage of opportunities have created so, these two Californias. Yeah. You know, this so, depressing... yeah. yeah. So Andy, one, one last question. I'll let you both uh, sure. go. Uh, let us just uh, assume for a minute that, uh, that, that the governor, Governor Newsom is recalled and that uh, uh, Larry Elder is elected governor. <laughs> Do you think he could fix things? Well, I think, I think number one, he can stop the slide, which is what you mean. <laughs> right, 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 right. Right. So that's an important thing. And there's, I mean, look, Larry's a legit guy, lawyer, University of Michigan, a nationally sure. syndicated talk host, uh, an award-winning filmmaker. This is a, right. 
he's a legitimate guy with good policy positions. I think he's got a shot. The problem is you're still going to have a, <laughs> right. a, a very strongly Democrat legislature. So, you, you know, you can veto things. But I, I think, Larry, I think he's got some plans to move this forward. Now, you know, this is a South Central L.A., you know, minority family, a hardworking guy. He gets yeah. California. He, he may be if anybody could, it would be Larry. Do you agree with that, John Fund? Quickly, we've got 30 seconds. Larry can use emergency powers as governor. He can also put initiatives on the ballot. Remember last fall, Steve, California voted to the right on all the ballot initiatives, even while it was yes, voting against good point. Trump. Good point. It's true. It's okay. Good point, John. All right. Well, that, that's John Fund from National Review and Andy Puzder, economist and businessman extraordinaire. Folks, uh, 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 we will now take your calls uh, for the More Money Hotline. It's 1-800-848-9222. We've got several people on the line, but we have one line open. So please call in because I want to hear from you. And let us start with John in Bergen County. Uh, John, what do you got for us today? Mr. Moore, good afternoon. Honor speaking. Good afternoon. I just wanted to comment. First, first of all, your guests were incredible. They had great points today. Uh, and I think it's people. so thank obvious you. that the, thank you. The difference in political philosophies on the left and the right is shown every day in the different states. You have all the Republican states succeeding, low crime, yep. low unemployment, yep, yep. a surging economy, and you have all the blue states with the complete opposite: high crime. Uh, declining yep. economy and people fleeing the state as fast as possible. What more do you need to know? One other so thing. John, all yeah, day we've been talking about the Democratic Party. It is not the Democratic Party anymore. They are socialists. Period. Yeah, left us. So, John, let me ask you a question before I, uh, I jump to our next caller. And thanks, by the way. I think that's a great comment. You're right. The red states are just outperforming the blue states everywhere. Texas, Florida, Tennessee, uh, states like Utah, Montana, are doing so much better than states like my home state of Illinois is a wreck. California is a disaster. New York, look at all the problems there. But you, John, live in Bergen County, New Jersey. Why Why do you live in New Jersey? Because my children are here and we have a three-year plan to leave as soon as possible. Wow. Well, have you been a lifelong New Jersey resident? Well, I have third, genera- third generation tri-state area. And you're, and you're so fed up. Love, that you're I, love, I absolutely love the tri-state area. I yeah. never, ever thought I'd leave, but I'm running to a red state as fast as possible. Amazing. John, John great call. Thanks so much for falling in. Okay. Let us get to uh, Nick in Fairhaven. Stephen, great to talk to you. Uh, <clears throat> we, need to have, we need to be honest uh, that we should be chasing uh, a constant GDP per person, I believe. But uh, about employment, I think the biggest problem might be that there's uh, 5.6 uh, 75-year-olds for every four 35 to 44-year-olds. That's uh, 56 mm-hmm. million to 40 million. Yeah. Uh, with a growing growing disparity of 1.2 million every year, it seems. Uh, but yeah, we have like 25 to uh, 54 as a set, so we don't really break it down in the population stats, so it's kind of confusing. Well, I do think that we have a problem right now where we just don't have enough young people, number one, and we don't have enough young people working, number two, and we we are becoming an aging population. This is something we've known about for 50 years, that the baby boomers, I'm I'm a baby boomer, I was born in 1960, so I'm 61 years old. I don't want to retire anytime soon, but I know a lot of my classmates from high school and college are 
retiring actually earlier than they used to, which is putting more and more stress on the economy. Uh, and yet young people are less likely to be working right now. So it is a big problem. You are so right, Nick. We have got to get people in the workforce being productive. Here's the problem. If we don't take our competitiveness seriously, folks, then China is going to overtake us. They want to overtake us. They want to take over the energy markets. They want to take over the technology markets. They want to take over the manufacturing markets. And every time we make a dumb decision here, it's only benefiting the Chinese. So great call, Nick. I want to get to Steve in New Jersey. Hi, Steve, and thanks for taking my call. Steve, yes, this is a self-inflicted wound but yeah. on Uncle Sam, but who did it? The American people who, who out of greed, ignorance, and hate, voted for this doddering fool in the White House, meaning Joe who? Biden. Let me explain. Uh, who? Joe Biden, okay? Uh, uh, people, uh, people were ignorant of just how great it was under President Trump. They, did, they were completely yeah. blind. I, I don't understand it. All right? They greedy because they, they didn't like Trump's message to get up and go to work. They wanted more free stuff, and they just hated him so much. This is uh, the lesson here, Steve, when you're blinded by hate. This is what you get. You get people in Washington who hate and aren't looking out for we the people. All right? So that's well, my message. Folks. Well put. Well, well put, Steve. I mean, I, I think that's exactly right. I think right now I was thinking that all of those uh, uh, those uh, posters that you see now with Donald Trump saying, do you miss me yet? And I, I think people are, even people who don't like Donald Trump's behavior and they don't like some of the things he said. And I work for the guy. I, I didn't always agree with everything he said. I didn't, I didn't like sometimes his abrasive behavior. But you know what? The guy, I was in the Oval Office with him many times, folks, and every decision he made was about putting America first. And I'm not so sure this president does this. I'll take one last caller, and I believe we have Judy from New York. Judy. My question is, could Cloward and Piven create chaos strategy and spreading caliphate, which comes, of course, with flooding countries with mass migrations, actually be part of Biden's leadership agenda? Well, it's a great question uh, there, uh, Judy, and I'll simply say this. I think there is chaos going on right now in Washington. I have never seen so much crisis all coming upon a president at the same time and no plan. There's just no plan. It is basically left-wing ideologues who have no business experience, no practical experience. They've been, as I said, college professors, community organizers. They've been lawyers. They've been politicians, but they do not know how to run things. And my piece of advice to uh, Joe Biden, and I know he's not going to take my advice, is if I were him right now, I would clean house. I would get rid of the left-wing ideologues in the White House, and I would bring in a first-rate businessman, someone who knows how to run something, someone like a Fred Smith, the founder and CEO of, of FedEx, and say, look, you show me how to get this economy back, how to run things, because we, we cannot take more of this chaos. And the lesson here, folks, is my old buddy, Larry Kudlow, has said it many times, the best path to prosperity is free market economics. And we've moved away from it. We're letting our government grow and our private sector shrink. The politicians are taking too much of the, making too many of the decisions when what we need in America right now, in my opinion, is power to 
the people. And my message to you, the reason I do this show on a Saturday afternoon, the reason I feel so privileged to talk to you is hopefully to persuade you that your voice matters. When you call into a show like this, when you talk to your neighbors and talk to your friends and tell them how, how you believe we can improve America by having you know, better economic policies, by having uh, a, a foreign policy that put America's interests first, that makes America strong, not weak. Because as Reagan used to say, you know, when you're strong at home, you're strong abroad. And when you're strong abroad, you're strong home. Right now, folks, I believe, and I hate to say this because I love this country, and I believe we will solve all of these problems. But I do believe right now we are not strong at home and we are not strong abroad, and we are paying a very, very high price for the mistakes that are being made. We need to lower our taxes, not raise them. We need to lower our debt, not raise it. We need to give children more choices and families more choices about where they go to school. We have to protect American soldiers everywhere. As the Marines always say, no man left behind. We cannot leave Americans behind in Afghanistan because that makes us more prone to terrorists. It only emboldens our enemies. So new leadership is needed in Washington. New leadership is needed in New York. New leadership is needed in California and so many of these other states that have gone astray. Uh, folks, thanks so much for listening to this hour of more money. I will be back same bad time, same bad station at 2 p.m. next Saturday. Have a great rest of your weekend. Steve Moore signing off. And I'll talk to you next week. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.